1: what has happened over the last three weeks with this trial. And right now, we are pleased to be joined by Attorney Mike Patton. And you, you've heard Mike over the course of, of the trial. Joining us here on News Talk, three O WCCO. And Mike, uh, pleasure to visit with you tonight.
2: Thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, Mike, let's talk
1: first of all about the verdict. Uh, your thoughts on, on what transpired today.
2: Well, Steve, I wasn't surprised um, at all. Uh, I told Corey that I was confident there would be a verdict today. I didn't think it was going to be a lengthy deliberation. Um, The evidence that the state presented was so overwhelming that I I even told him in uh, three or four days into the trial, I I referenced 41 Donut, which sadly Minnesotans know what that is, in terms of how bad it was. Um, But to be frank with you, when I first saw that video back on day one, and I did a little research on third degree murder, and I felt that that the the facts, which were clear to me from the video of the seventeen year old, were such that I felt that was that the facts from this matter would be a better case for third degree murder than the Nor case.
1: And the the, the video itself uh, went viral worldwide. Uh, people have seen the video over and over. Uh, it, it was. A a big part of the prosecution in this trial, Mm -hmm. and from the get go, I I, I think anybody, even if they didn't pay a great deal of attention to the trial, could see that what was happening there was wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree, Steve. I mean, you know, you you have you have an inherently dangerous act. I mean, you don't need to be. you know, a Rhodes Scholar to know that putting a knee on somebody's neck is obviously inherently dangerous. I mean, it's just obvious that could result in asphyxiation. You then have the officer uh, completely ignore people that are yelling at him that are really, I mean, just frankly petrified that they're about to watch a man die. You then see the man go unconscious, uh, and that's four minutes and 55 seconds in, and amazingly, he continues to, to apply the pressure with his knee so, you know, Chauvin's probably really lucky that they didn't charge him with some form of, in, of intentional conduct, intentional murder, which could have re- could result in a larger sentence. And uh, uh, he's pretty lucky that, that they didn't hit him with some sort of intent. You know, second-degree murder would be intentional conduct. He was charged with, as one of the counts, unintentional second-degree murder, which has a max sentence that's 15 years less than second-degree murder. So he's pretty lucky in that regard, to be honest.
1: The um, sentencing coming up in, in six to eight weeks, and we'll get into that part of it in, in a moment, but, but back to the trial, the prosecution, and ultimately the defense, and then closing arguments. Did did you get the sense that the defense, in closing arguments, was rasping at straws, to yes. B- yes. borrow a better term? <laughs>
2: You know, it's funny, a friend of mine came up with grasping grasping, grasping at straws 10 days ago, I looked up the definition of that, and it's a perfect, yeah, it was almost like, you see this sometimes, where a lawyer's throwing mud at a wall, and he's helping, hoping something will stick, the, look, I, I feel for, for Nelson, because I defend criminal cases, so I, I, as I've told Corey, I have a certain affinity to what he was trying right. to do, but. You know, to be honest, Steve, he just didn't have much to work with, and uh, you know, we can sit here and throw him under the bus, but his, uh, but frankly, his his closing argument was way too long. I, it was disjointed. Um, I never had a a moment in his closing where I said to myself, "Oh, he's got a point there." I mean, it just, I just uh, this was a, but put it this way: in terms of high profile cases, I've never seen a case that was more one sided and. When I heard a verdict had been reached, I wasn't surprised at all. I I, I immediately said in my mind it's guilty on all counts, and sure enough, that's what it was.
1: And it it was relatively fast because Judge Cahill told the jurors, uh, pack a bag, We, we don't know how long this will go, and the fact that they didn't even deliberate a full day.
2: Yeah, sometimes quick verdicts benefit the defense. Here, there, it was I, I was confident that it was. I mean, I told jer- couriers me less than five hours. And, you know, they—they they, people keep saying it's 10, but I don't know if that's true because there's time to pick a four person. And then I don't think they're actually deliberating when they eat. So I think this probably was more like a seven-hour uh, deliberation. But... Uh, you know, I, 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 look, I, I tried a case once where it was a very serious charge where my client was looking at 40 years and the jury came back with a not guilty verdict in less than two hours. So sometimes when you have a quick verdict, that can that can be a good sign. But here, uh, I, I just th- there was just no way that this jury was going to acquit this man. Um, and I didn't even see a... A hung jury Steve as a possibility I just was extremely confident that it was going to be a conviction on all counts and you know it was but again it wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me to be frank
1: Mike Patton joining us. Attorney, you've heard him on with Corey Heppelow throughout the trial, and he's good enough to join us tonight in the wake of a guilty verdict on all three counts in the Derek Chauvin trial. It was announced this afternoon, and our coverage continues here on News Talk, E3O, WCCO. Back to the prosecution case. What what stood out for me as an observer like, like any other citizen was when fellow members of the minneapolis police department including the chief of police laid out that we had the video and we've already talked about that yeah when you have fellow police officers saying this this was excessive reckless whatever word you want to choose that's pretty powerful
2: yeah i completely agree steve in fact you know sloan made some comments today i thought sloan really did an excellent job yes absolutely I, i She just did an excellent job and uh, she pointed out that she felt the two most important witnesses were Lieutenant Zimmerman uh, who had more tenure than any uh, testifying uh, person for MPD in the case and then uh, Dr. Tobin but I agree with that when Lieutenant Zimmerman basically got in the stand and said what this guy did just was not acceptable uh, I I was pretty confident at that point that he was going to be (laughs) convicted you know and that was fairly early in the case and then Yeah, of course, Tobin told us what we all knew, that when we see the man go silent and not move, that was literally the exact point where he passed away, you know.
1: Yeah, and I I heard uh, Sloan on with Adam Carter leading up uh, to the verdict. Let's talk a little bit about the the verdict. For for people that have maybe never been in a real courtroom in a criminal case, um, I, I was surprised jury judge came into the chambers uh, or the judge came into the courtroom from from his chambers uh sure. the the jury came in this was quick i mean yeah. it, it, this was what five minutes
2: yeah it's uh in my career the hardest part uh of being a lawyer is waiting for verdicts and then when they actually read the verdict i mean your heart is just you're practically going out of your chest it's mm. just a terrible feeling uh, and, uh, no, it's, uh I mean, that's how it is, you know, and, you know, I, I have to admit, I do feel, uh, sorry for Chauvin. Uh, this is a man who, you know, it's like that old saying, there's more to a man than the worst thing he's ever done. And I think that, uh, there seems to be indication that he was a, a decent, hardworking cop. There were some blemishes in his past, but nothing really that significant that I saw. And the problem, Steve, is we we'd love to know what what was going through his head when he did what he did, but he didn't testify, which I made clear to Corey. I thought was a major league mistake. He should have testified.
1: Uh, tell us tell us more about that, and and why you would have put Derek Chauvin on the stand and and convinced your client that that he has to go on the stand. Is, is it to borrow a football term, a hail Murray, where the prosecution case was stro- so strong that? I have to put this guy on the stand to have any chance whatsoever with this jury. Yeah.
2: You keep taking the wind out of my sail, Steve. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, no, I no, don't no, mean to. No, no, to. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's, it, no, you make a very good point, sir. Look, the bottom line was any reasonable person, especially attorney following the trial would, would, would know that at that stage they were just absolutely getting killed. And, in a situation like that, it seems to me you have no choice but just to roll the dice, you know. And, yeah, Hail Mary is the best way to put it. Um, I told Corey I was absolutely – in fact, I was so adamant that he should have testified, that Nelson should have even said in his opening statement. And it, the, the purpose here is to, to assist with trying to have the jury keep an open mind, Steve, is say, look, keep an open mind, don't reach any final conclusions until you hear all the evidence, and I want to let you know that that Mr. Chauvin or former officer Chauvin is going to testify and he will tell you from his perspective what was going on. I think if he would have done that, you arguably would have had a more attentive jury and a jury that would have been less inclined to reach any final conclusions. And look, the jury is told not to reach any final conclusions, Steve, but, but research shows that 80% of people after the opening statements have already made a decision, you see. So, um, and in this case, Blackwell's opening statement was so good that uh, they were they were paddling upstream from the word go, you know.
1: Attorney Mike Patton joining us. Um, so guilty on all three counts. Now the next phase, and that is uh, preparing for sentencing, six to eight weeks. Is that typical?
2: Yeah, it might be a little bit long due to COVID, but what will happen, Steve, is he's going to have something known as a PSI, a pre-sentence investigation report. So he'll have to be interviewed by him. A member of the probation department and then that that person will issue a report to the uh, judge what will be really important about that is whether he has remorse um nor i don't think really expressed any remorse and that really hurt him but um again I, i just think the remorse concept that would have helped also if he testified because you know he would have got on the witness stand and say look i I had no intention of killing this man. I feel terrible about what happened. That was not my intent, and that type of thing would help, I think, when it comes to sentencing. So that's another reason why I was adamant that he testify. And I mean, look, I'm still perplexed as to why he didn't testify. That was probably the advice of his attorney, uh, but um, you know, it's just hard to know. I mean. I would love to sit down and have a couple beers with Nelson and ask him those questions, and maybe maybe it could be explained to me why that was the proper strategy. But respectfully, I think he had nothing to lose and should have testified. Do you see anything
1: here where there will be an appeal, or is that automatic that this will be appealed and we, we could see another trial?
2: No, I, 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 uh, respectfully, Steve. I, I don't. I, they definitely will appeal, and he'll bring, I'm sure Nelson will bring all the typical motions. Those will all be denied. For example, a motion for judgment notwithstanding the verdict, and stuff like that. Um, those will all be denied. They will appeal. I, I have to tell you, I don't see any viable appellate issues here at all. Um, I'm confident that the court of appeals will affirm, and the uh, Minnesota Supreme Court will deny review. Uh, the, um, uh certainly the change of venue issue was a viable one. I'm on record as saying change of venue should have been granted because of all that happened. But change of venue is a very tough legal issue. It's, it's usually uh, the appellate courts uh, defer to the discretion of the trial judge. That's a very tough issue to get a reversal on a denial of a, a motion for change of venue. And I, I just don't see any viable appellate issues at all.
1: Uh, what about Eric Nelson bringing up the idea of a mistrial late?
2: You mean because of Maxine Waters? Yes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't blame Eric for bringing that up. Uh, her conduct in that regard was completely unconscionable. I, I just find it hard to believe that an elected official could do that right before the jury begins deliberations. But and, and the judge, even I, I was really think the judge said. I, I agree with what the judge said. It had to be said that this type of thing, you know, let the system run its course and don't, I mean, it's almost like grandstanding. But at the end of the day, Steve, I don't see that as a viable issue either. Uh, I, I, But I don't, uh, I don't have a problem with Mr. Nelson bringing it up.
1: And uh, there was a settlement before trial. Is, is that a potential issue yes. uh, going forward? Yeah. The, the city settling with George Floyd's family?
2: Well, they they shouldn't have made it public. They they could have easily, uh, I mean, $27 seven (laughs) million—that's That's that's like a record settlement. Are you kidding me that these lawyers wouldn't have said if you said to them, hey, do you mind if we hold off on keeping this public until until there's a verdict? The notion that they would have not agreed to that, to me, is laughable. I think this was done by design. I think it was inappropriate. I I have some theories as to why it happened. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be enough to uh, get this man a new trial. And I mean, look, you can make the argument that there are many aspects of this, Steve, where he was denied a fair trial. For example, the release publicly that he was willing to cut a deal that ended up published in the New York Times. That wasn't fair either. But I I have to tell you, at the end of the day, even with all those things that happened, I believe justice was served. I believe the evidence supported uh, the jury's verdict. I think it's clear that the, the jury spent enough time thinking this over and, uh, you know this 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 uh, officer just made a really bad decision, which rose to a level of being murder, and now he has to pay the consequences. Um,
1: but let's talk a little bit uh, about the judge, uh, Judge Cahill, and how he handled the case. Because in other high profile cases around the country, uh, the, the judge and how they handled things is scrutinized, uh, fair or not. But it it is scrutinized. What, what about the judge in this case?
2: I was really impressed with Judge Cahill's uh, work on the case. I think he he should be commended. There were there was a few things that I was critical of, and I I made those clear throughout the trial. But overall, I'm really proud of him. And uh, look, as a Minnesota attorney, I have a vested interest in in hoping that justice was served and that everybody performed well, because it you know it reflects on my profession. So. I'm really happy i think uh I think the lawyers performed well, I mean obviously Nelson didn't have as much to work with. Um, I thought the uh prosecution was a plus I thought Jerry Blackwell did a tremendous job uh he was criticized as- sub- being a supposed uh you know corporate lawyer. I thought Steve Slishher, who I don't know uh delivered an excellent uh closing argument, although I think it was a little on the long side, but I thought it was very well done. Um, there were four lawyers on the team. They all performed well in the courtroom. I felt it was an A-plus prosecution. Um, Obviously, the defense had less to work with. I think there were mistakes that were made by the defense attorney throughout the case. I kind of fell into some bad rabbit holes that hurt. But, look, I don't think Abraham Lincoln, who was a great trial lawyer, Vince Bugliosi, who hailed from Minnesota, one of the greatest trial lawyers ever born, could have won this case. (laughs) That's That's how one side of the evidence was. Mike Patton
1: joining us, and uh, you've heard him throughout the trial with with Corey Heppelin. I'm sure you will hear him again. And uh, Mike, then there's these other three officers going on trial in August. How how could that be different? I know it's it's a ways away, but how is that trial going to be different than this? Derek Chauvin obviously found guilty on three charges today. That that could be a completely different dynamic in August.
2: Yeah, I tell you, um, going into the Chauvin trial, I was pretty optimistic that the other three uh, officers, Steve, would have a much better chance. I'm not so sure I agree with that now. I think they're really going to have a tough case. Um, it's just where things are at politically in this country, uh, it's just a real bad time for them. Um, I have a lot of faith in, in Minnesota Minneapolis juries. I've tried cases all throughout the state, Steve. I've tried, I think, thirty to forty cases in uh, in Hennepin County. Not all of those were criminal cases. So I've got a pretty good read on on Minneapolis jurors. They're not they're not as liberal as you think. They're pretty conservative people. You know, Minneapolis is supposedly liberal, but. I got to tell you, I think they really, really have a tough case. Even the two officers who were new on the job in their defense will be that they were merely following Chauvin's lead, which is a good defense. It's a more viable defense. And that will rely on experts about field dynamics, Steve. And uh, I, I think they'll be able to mount a, a much more viable defense. But uh, I tell you what, their, their lawyers are going to have their work cut out for them because, you know, they, they were the two young officers were physically on Floyd's body, and, uh, you know, Floyd died, so uh, it's, it's, I think, really going to be a tough case. To put it this way, I would not be surprised if those, uh, if the verdicts against the other three officers end up as guilty also.
1: Well, Mike, uh, we appreciate your time tonight. Uh, An extraordinary trial, the eyes of the world literally on the Hennepin County Courthouse for the last three weeks, and the eyes of the world uh, waiting for the verdict today.
2: Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on, Steve. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks much.
1: All right. There he is. Attorney Mike Padden joining us.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.